Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. We are heading into a brand new year, and so many of us have been thinking about setting goals and adopting New Year's resolutions. So in this episode, I want to take a look at godly goal setting. How do we set goals for our lives in a really Christ-honoring way? Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that you can still get early bird pricing on our 2021 Set Apart Conference, which is happening in June. You can join us in person in Colorado or anywhere you are via simulcast. And this year's theme is on victorious living. I am so excited to see what God has in store. So go to setapartgirl.com and just click on the conference link or the upcoming events link, and you'll learn more about how you can join us for this powerful weekend. So let's dive into godly Christ-honoring goal setting. We so often in our culture today feel the pressure to find our unique niche in this world. We are constantly hearing those messages that tell us to reach our full potential and find our true destiny and be the person that we were meant to be. I mean, we hear that message everywhere. It's on cereal boxes. It's on radios, songs that are on the radio. It's in commercials. And when we live in a world that is so preoccupied with those things, it's really easy to become consumed with personal fulfillment and and that personal journey of self-discovery. It's easy to become obsessed with questions like, how am I unique and what kind of life will most fulfill me? And a lot of times those questions are the motive behind our goal setting. When a new year rolls around, a lot of us start feeling that pressure from the culture or from other people in our lives to somehow prove that we are doing something impressive, that we are reaching our full potential, that we are fulfilling our true destiny. And so often that's why we're setting goals and adopting those new year's resolutions. And so it's really key that if we're going to have a godly approach to this area of our lives, that we understand God's perspective on setting goals because it's often very different from the cultures. Now, it can be super helpful to set practical, specific goals at different times in our lives if those goals are eternally focused and are led and enabled by the Spirit of God. We'll talk more about that later in this episode. But before we start getting specific with our life goals or setting goals for a specific time frame in our life, we need to be sure that we have the correct perspective on what it means to be truly reaching our potential and fulfilling our purpose. Because again, God's perspective on this is often very different from this world's. The Apostle Paul never actually reached his full potential according to the world's standards. He came very close. He worked really hard to accomplish things that would be impressive to other people, but it actually didn't bring him real happiness or lasting fulfillment or help him fulfill his true destiny. When Jesus got a hold of the Apostle Paul's life, and he went from being Saul to, and became Paul, he chose to count all of those personal achievements and accomplishments as rubbish and to suffer the loss of everything that he had worked for and dreamed about for so many years because, as he says in Philippians 3, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death." That is really incredible to me that he really had everything the world would say, you've arrived, you've reached a potential, you've fulfilled your destiny, and he threw it away and called it rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ. 
The reality is, as the Apostle Paul's life so beautifully demonstrates, that there is no greater fulfillment, no greater purpose, no greater destiny than we can really have than knowing our King and being shaped into His likeness. And in reality, that is the Christian's true destiny. So all of our personal pursuits and achievements and accomplishments don't mean anything unless they're pointing in that direction. Now, as we've talked about in other episodes, it's very obvious that God has given each of us unique desires and talents and abilities and personalities, but He gives us those things so that we can surrender them back to Him, so that we can build our lives around Him and not our own pursuits. And that's the only way our lives can bring glory to His name. It's very easy to cling to our individuality, to cling to our own desires and dreams and ambitions. And we believe that unless we are doing something with our lives that specifically caters to our unique personality and talents and bents, we're somehow wasting our potential and being robbed of the opportunity to be all that we can be. So a lot of times we're setting goals that have to do with, you know, I want to develop this talent and I want to, you know, prove to the world I'm good at this. In fact, we often believe that it's our God-given right or even our duty to pursue something in life that will maximize our unique strengths and abilities. But again, God's ways are very different from ours. If you look at the life of Christ when He was here on this earth, His unique strengths were actually not really maximized during His earthly ministry. He didn't come to the earth as a king arrayed in heavenly glory with angels all around Him. He came as a lowly, humble baby, born in a manger, born to a poor, working-class family. Instead of being surrounded by royal fanfare, He lived as a simple carpenter. Instead of being treated like the Lord of heaven and earth that he was, he chose to take the position of a humble servant and wash the dusty feet of those who were not even worthy to untie the strap of his sandal. And in that astounding example of humility, of taking the lowest place, of putting aside his own agenda, he left an example that we should follow in his steps, as it says in 1 Peter 2. He willingly chose to lay down his right to applause and to esteem and chose to make himself of no reputation. And that is the very attitude that he has called us to embrace. So while God may choose to utilize our unique strengths in order to build his kingdom, he's only going to do that when we have completely surrendered those things to him. So if you are setting goals that have to do with, you know, I want to get good at this skill or I want to develop this quality that I have, as long as you are clinging to your right to have your talents and your skills maximized and your special desires and your uniqueness catered to, you're going to be standing in the way of God getting true glory out of your life. Very often, he will ask you to go through a season where your personal talents might be hidden or unnoticed or unrecognized or underdeveloped so that your life can become all about his glory instead of your own. If you think about Paul, the apostle Paul, he spent 12 years hidden basically in Arabia as God developed him and prepared him for the ministry to the early church that he had called him to, or Moses, who was tucked away on on the backside of the desert for 40 years before his real ministry began. Both of these men had a profound calling on their lives, but before they could really be useful for God's purposes, they had to lay down every ounce of personal confidence, every ounce of personal ambition. They had to become willing to be unrecognized, unseen, unnoticed, and even have their talents wasted or their strengths overlooked. 
It was really only after they became nobodies in the world's eyes that God worked through them to progress his kingdom and alter the course of history. Now, I've shared before on this podcast how God really had to teach me this in my young adult years because I really wanted to become a Christian musician, and I built my life around opportunities to showcase my music abilities. And then God really began to show me that I was pursuing that goal with my life to bring glory to me. I was saying, of course, that it was from, you know, it was from my desire to bring glory to Him. But in reality, I wanted to fulfill that dream of having people say, wow, you know, she's really talented. She's really good at this. She's doing something she loves. It was only when I completely laid that down and laid down the desire to be noticed or applauded or appreciated that God was able to use music in my life to bring glory to Him. So I would really encourage you before you sit down to set goals for your life, that you would take some time to ask God to show you any areas in which you may have been clinging to your right, quote unquote, to be noticed and appreciated for your unique strengths, your talents, your personality. Are you willing to lay those things down and to take the lowest place like Jesus did? Jesus said that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Only when it dies can it produce lasting fruit. I believe that one of the the enemy's sneakiest tactics with women today is to get us really distracted with our own self-exploration, introspection. We're always asking these questions like, who am I? What is my purpose? It becomes like the top concern in our mind. And oftentimes we take elaborate personality tests or we try to cultivate special hobbies or we spend all of our time you know, exploring Pinterest boards and Instagram boards to try to figure out what what moves us, what what motivates us, and what we're really wanting to be known for in this life. But when we start to ask, who am I? What, am I, what is my purpose? What will fulfill me? We're really asking the wrong kind of question. Because when we are daughters of the King, we're not to be all about who we are and what will fulfill us. Our focus needs to be centered around a completely different question, who is Jesus? Because when we know who Jesus is, when we understand what it means to be found in Him, that question, who am I, is going to automatically be solved. Because as it says in John 15, He is the vine and we are the branches. Without Him, we can do nothing. We cannot produce any fruit without Him. So our identity, our purpose, our goals need to be wrapped up in Jesus Christ and not in ourselves. And I've often quoted this statement from Ian Thomas, but it really fits with this topic where he says the Christian life can only be explained in terms of Jesus Christ. If your life as a Christian can still be explained in terms of you, your personality, your willpower, your gift, your talent, your money, your courage, your scholarship, your dedication, your sacrifice, or your anything, then although you may have the Christian life, you are not yet living it. So again, as you begin to think about goals for this year, if you've been finding your identity or seeking your identity in anything outside of Jesus Christ, ask him for the grace to shift your focus, fix your gaze upon him alone, find your strength in him alone and build your life around him alone. Because when you know who he is, when he is in his rightful place in your life, you will automatically understand who you are and what your purpose is. When you are coming from that surrendered perspective, that that perspective that says, I am willing to be as a grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies and surrenders everything that he may get glory from my life, then you can actually be 
attuned to the Spirit of God as He leads you to set specific and practical goals in a way that is really going to be honoring and glorifying to Him. Here are a handful of principles that can help as you do that. So first and foremost, we've talked about surrender, and as you surrender your your vision, your desire, your focus, everything to Him, and say, Lord, this is all about Your glory and not mine, and even if You want to take me to a place in this world that is completely obscure, even if You want to do something with my life that is totally different than anything I would have ever planned, I leave that in your hands. When you come to that place, then you are really ready to hear from the Spirit of God as to what specifics He would have you focus on in your life. And as you are writing down ideas or thinking and praying about what your specific goals should be, it's really, really important to keep an eternal focus. One of the principles that Eric and I have lived by is the concept of splurge on the sacred, skimp on the secular, and starve the profane. And basically what that means is to spend the majority of our resources, our time, our energy, and our focus on things that are sacred, things that actually have eternal value. To skimp on the things that are secular, maybe they're sort of not necessarily eternal, but they're not necessarily bad. They're just necessary things in life. We obviously have to do those things like go buy a car or have a place to live or buy groceries every day, but those are not going to be what we build our lives around. And so we just do what is necessary for those secular areas of life. And then to starve the profane, there is no place in the Christian's life for spending time, energy, and resource on things of this world, things that are profane, things that do not bring glory to God. So if you take that concept, splurge on the sacred, skimp on the secular, and starve the profane, that concept can apply to time, focus, and goal setting as well. Because truly God-honoring goals will always have eternal value, not just temporal value. Things like going deeper in understanding His Word, building a more vibrant, powerful prayer life, sharing the gospel with people in your life, those things will reap rewards that last far beyond this earthly life. Now, of course, that doesn't mean we should never have practical goals like learning how to cook or getting in better shape, but we can never let those practical earthly goals overshadow the goals that have true eternal value. Put them in their rightful place. If you are spending 80% of your time on a practical goal that is only really valuable in this life, like getting in shape, but you're only spending a small percentage of your time cultivating your relationship with Christ, that's a sign that you're letting secular things overshadow the sacred things. So be sure that you really take time to pray about your goals and ask God to guide you in making those goals and carrying them out. Don't let those goals just flow from your own thoughts, your own desires, or what you see other people doing around you. One of the best sources to look for when you are looking for ways to set godly goals in your life is to read through the book of Proverbs. Those chapters in the Bible make it so abundantly clear which things are worth pursuing with our life and which things are worthless. I would encourage you to take some time to seek that true wisdom in the word of God and not merely look to what the culture says is important. So if you have been one of those people who have just taken your cues from the culture and you're thinking, well, I want here's what I want to do this year. I want to make more money and I want to look better and get a better wardrobe and get in better shape and be noticed by the opposite sex, take, a, take some time to let God reset your priorities and your goals according to the things that He says are valuable. 
Another practical is to receive his enabling grace. Whatever he leads you to do, he's going to give you the supernatural strength to live it out. And a lot of us get frustrated when when it comes to goal setting because we totally forget to rely on his enabling grace to live out the things that he's calling us to. And a lot of times people will look at things like, well, I, I don't want to set goals like reading more of my Bible and studying the word of God and developing a better prayer life because it's just going to become legalistic. Well, those things only become legalistic when you're trying to do them in your own human strength. You're relying only on your own willpower. And if you are, you are certainly going to fall short and be either fail or be in bondage to legalism as you try to live out things that are impossible to do in your own strength. If you're going to pursue things that have eternal value with your life, if you're going to really set goals in a way that honors the King of all kings, the only way to carry out those things is by leaning on his enabling grace. That's the only thing that's going to make those goals go the distance and work in your life. If you haven't been tuning into this podcast for very long, I often talk about what the grace of God really is. Because when you grow up in Sunday school, it's easy to think of grace as like a nice little hug that God gives you. You know, He just shows you favor. But what grace actually is, is the enabling supernatural power and strength that comes from the Spirit of God within us to live out obedience to Him, to do things that we could never do in our own strength. And we have to ask Him for that grace. We have to receive that grace. We have to recognize that this is not about rising up in our own human willpower and trying to be spiritual or trying to obey Him in our own strength, but to say, Lord, I can't, but you can, and I submit to you, and I lean upon your grace right now. That grace is always available to us, and it never runs dry. The Bible talks about gaining grace upon grace. So every time we use up a little bit of God's grace, there's more to replace it. And that is just an incredibly beautiful promise when it comes to goal setting. So first and foremost, we have to have the right goals. They have to have an eternal value, eternal focus, be led by the Spirit of God and be enabled by His grace. And lastly, we've already touched on this a little bit, but we need to adopt the right motives. Godly goal setting should never be done for selfish reasons. If we are setting goals to try to impress other people, to try to feel better about ourselves, to try to gain an ego boost, none of those things are really the right motives. But if we are saying, Lord, how can I honor you? How can I serve you more? How can I bring glory to the one who gave everything for me? That is the right motive for setting goals with your life. So I encourage you to take some time to ask God to show you whether you are going after certain goals just to impress other people or because you feel like you deserve it, or truly are you desiring his name to be glorified above all else through your life and be willing, like I said earlier, to let him reshape and redefine your goals to be goals that truly bring honor to his name and replace selfish goals for Christ honoring goals. Only God can lead you in how to do that and what that specifically means for you, but be sure that you have the right motives for any goals that you're setting for yourself. So here are a few final thoughts that I want to share with you. Jesus said it was so profound when he told his disciples, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant that he be like his master. It is enough. And I think so often we fail to realize that being like Jesus, being a servant that becomes like his master, that walks in the footsteps of our worthy king is enough. It's, it's enough to bring the greatest joy, the greatest satisfaction, the greatest sense of purpose we could ever have in this life. We don't need to chase after those cultural carrots that dangle on a string where we never actually get there. It is enough for us to pursue Jesus Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
Remember that God has a tremendous purpose for your life, and it is profoundly simple. The old hymn says it beautifully, trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So when we get all caught up in, should I do this and should I do that? We need to take a step back and recognize that all we need to do is trust and obey to pursue being like our master. And that is enough. When we come to him with a heart of true surrender, when we lay our dreams at his feet and say, Lord, do with me what you will, that's when we'll find our ultimate purpose in him. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into this topic of building a Christ-centered life, I invite you to visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there on living a set-apart life for Jesus Christ. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.